One thing I would say is never be afraid. Tell everyone that you come across what you do. I'm never going to be in secret about my business. Hey everyone, welcome to the Self-Employed Journey Podcast. I'm Cami Powell, your host, a self-diagnosed serial entrepreneur, successful business owner, author, and mom. I'm also a student working towards my PhD in business, driven to lead a movement of increasing small business success rates through an epidemic of failures. So each week, I'll be dropping new episodes filled with inspiration, motivation, tips and tricks to help you thrive and survive through the crazy world that is small business ownership. I've lined up some pretty phenomenal guests in a variety of industries that are ready to share their own secrets for running a successful business. Whether you're self-employed or you want to be, make sure to subscribe for updates on new episodes as they're released. Let's do this. So today we are talking with the Escobar sisters, Amaya and Tay, which is really exciting and incredible. Uh, One of my friends and co-workers, Mandy and I actually ran into Tay. She had a booth set up in Arizona and we got to experience your amazing line of luxury candles that smell amazing. And so I'm introducing you to, and whoever wants to jump in, I don't know who kind of wants to take the lead, but to just explain to the listeners, like, what are you guys doing for a business? And when did you start? Okay, everyone. So my name is Tay. We started our business during COVID. So when COVID first started, I lost my job due to COVID. So I was in the house going crazy. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I always had a plan like that I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So because I had so much time to myself during COVID, I ended up writing up a plan. I talked to my sister about it because for me, I'd rather be in business with, you know, a family member to build that generational wealth. So then once I talked to my sister, we actually started with body butters and then we also did um, soy wax candles as well. So when we first started our business, we actually had our mom in the kitchen helping us too, because the business took off. Um, We didn't even expect it because, you know, we're from a small town in Buffalo, New York. It's really small there. Everyone knows everyone. And so that is how we got started. And we have always had candles around the house. You know, um, it's always been a tradition for us for every holiday, anything. We always just had something smelling good in our home. And so for me, I was tired of buying candles and I was like, hey, I want to learn how to make candles. And I did a bunch of research and um, that's how we started our business. All right. I know both of you do not live in the same city. Correct. Yes. Yes. So Um, how hard was that? um, It's been really hard. I live in upstate Buffalo, New York, and my sister, Taya, is in Arizona. So, you know, we take care of different sides of the world, but... We've kind of just came together, you know, I'll take one side, you take West Coast, and we put our thoughts together. I would say it's a little more challenging than normal because we aren't in the same state, but it just pushes us even 10 times harder, you know, to work harder Mm -hmm. in order to achieve what we're capable of. So how did you guys decide who was going to do what in the beginning? So in the beginning, because we lived together, we were doing the same, we were doing the same roles. We were making things. We were both, you know, doing deliveries. Um, We were going to the post office together. It was a lot more fun because we were together. You know, it's still fun. It's just hard because we're so many miles apart. Mm -hmm. So when I decided to pack up my car 
in August of 2020. My sister drove, we drove 36 hours from Buffalo to Arizona. And I ended up moving the business from Buffalo to Arizona. So that's what we decided. Um, my sister had a lot more responsibilities at the time. So she took on more so that back end and I handled more of like, you know, creating the product, um, just pretty much networking and doing a lot more because my sister, she's always been the type where she's a little more introverted. She can be extroverted, but she's more so, she'll rather handle the back end and I handle the people and pretty mm -hmm. much kind of take on, because I am the older sister, I take on more of the responsibility. You know, we do the same amount of work, but it's just that she has that different role. So once I moved, we decided, okay, since we're not together and sh and I'm more of the people person, how about you handle that? And then Amaya's like, you know what? I'm gonna handle the back end. I'm gonna do the website. I'm gonna handle, you know, things that need to be done on the back end. And, you know, with our finances and things like that, that's what she handles. Yes. Okay, so when you were growing up, did either of you think, I'm gonna run a business with my, I mean, you talk about building like family wealth and stuff. But did you ever think while you were a kid growing up, like, hey, me and my sister are probably going to go into business together? Or did you do something together when you were younger in childhood? We did everything As together, sports, dance. So like we, we, everything that we did, my mom even dressed us similar as if we were twins. Now we're two years and two days apart. Growing up, I always knew I was different. I always knew, you know what? I always knew like, I'm going to do something different from the rest of my classmates. I always knew that about myself, but I didn't know that I was going to be going into business with my sister. It wasn't really until COVID hit that I realized, you know what? I knew family was always important, but I was like, you know what? More than ever, like the business has brought us all even closer because growing up, it was always just me, my mom and my little sister. And we always had a plan of we're going to take care of our mom when we get older. We want to we want to retire her. We want to give her the life that she gave us as a single parent. We watched our mom bust her butt working two and three jobs since we were young. And that's really where our business is driven by, because we know we want to create that generational wealth. We want to be able to give our mom the life that she gave us, you know, that she struggled to give us. That's we incredible. That. I love that. And she probably is just so proud watching you guys. So proud. Oh my gosh. She is very like super happy mm -hmm. because you know, she grew up with the typical nine to five mindset. My mom has a degree, works at a university. She has a really good job. So for her, when we brought it up to her, she was like, I don't know how well this is going to work because she's so like, you need to get your education. And I agree with her because me and Amaya are both in school pursuing our bachelor degrees in different she's going for early childhood education and i'm going for business administration so mm -hmm. we're all we're running the business all while being in school full-time working our nine to five full-time as well and running the business in two different states okay so this is a new okay it's not new to everyone else but for me i've been recognizing that people have been you know they've been starting up these things and and having multiple other things going on like your full-time job and you're going to school and now you're doing this and i'm seeing people call this now their side hustle <laughs> i don't know if you yeah. guys ever heard that but like, <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely is that like kind of what you're calling this at this point or are you really no like, are you no not at all honestly like even my job like i have sold candles to a bunch of people at my job they have came to my pop-up shops like that's all I talk about is my candle business. So to be honest, my, my candle business is more prioritized than my job. I make more money with candles than I do with the job. And I'm very much so passionate about the business over my job. You know, I care about my job. I'm passionate about anything that I do. However, my business is my baby. 
Okay, so this is a really good opportunity for others that may be starting and kind of transitioning to they're working somewhere and they want to start something. And so number one, I want everyone to know, like, it's a lot of time and effort, right? So you have to have a lot of passion in what you're doing. So you guys are definitely passionate about this and working together and doing this. But how can we explain to others, like, at what point is it a good time to pivot from working your your W-2 job to kind of putting more into this, we are not calling it a side hustle. It, this is your thing. This is your business. Yes. Like at what point do you guys feel comfortable going, you know what, like I'm going to say goodbye to the W-2 and I'm going to do this full time. Have you thought about that? Yes, we do. So yes. Maya is currently in the transition of us moving together. So mm-hmm. I believe once we're together, that's when we're both going to make the transition into you know what, we don't even have to work these jobs. We're just going to do our candle business. And Amaya even came down and helped with the pop-up shop too. I wish you would have been able to be there to meet her in person. But the interaction that we have with our customers and just even if our online sales are slow, we're going to go sell our products. Our products sell themselves once they smell our candles. So yeah, there's a bunch of different other companies. However, once they smell our candles, it's already sold. So once I realized that, I mean, yes, more work, you're in the hot sun. But for me, that doesn't matter because I'm building connections. I've met you at a pop-up shop. I would have never met you had I been just online. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. know anything about me or my story. You just can read what you see online. But Mm -hmm. meeting someone in person and actually getting to know them in person is a whole different experience from an online, just shopping on a website and smelling the products as well. So for us, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Um, I think it's just, for us, it's going to be God's timing. So when Amaya transitions, which we're thinking about in a year, for us to move together is when we're most likely going to just say goodbye to the W-2. This is so exciting because you've started something from nothing, which is, it's incredible. So you talk about how in COVID you lost your job and that's kind of what led you to starting this business. As the last two years and we've kind of been in this like roller coaster of COVID right since then Mm -hmm. so it's a very interesting time to start a business but like what are the challenges that you've faced through the last two years and is there anything you do different knowing what you know now moving to a different state right when we started our business it happened so quick i don't regret it but i wish i would have stayed with my sister because you know with us being together it's a lot easier so it kind of made it a bit harder and more challenging but like amaya said it made us work twice as hard as a normal person who you know if they have a business partner they are in the same state because Mm -hmm. we have to work on communication there's a bunch of things that we never had to do you know in business you know in general that you know it makes it a lot harder um and then we're also on two different time zones so it got really challenging because i went from living at home paying no rent you know barely any bills to moving to arizona which is pretty expensive in my own apartment i was getting used to a new job i was still in school so trying to juggle all of that because when i started you know i wasn't working Mm-hmm. And so it it was hard to adjust. So we did take a break. Like we took basically a whole year off. However, mm-hmm. we weren't, we weren't, you, you know, we weren't off that entire year. We were planning and prepping, you know, we were really getting yeah. our product together during that time. So we just relaunched, which was in March of this I year. I can totally relate to this. So 
for people who've been following along with the podcast, Lee is a business partner of mine. He lives in Florida and wow. I live in Washington state. So that's three wow. hours. And so you guys are three hours, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So there's that difference. And we had this challenge too. And it lasted for about a year where it was really hard to figure out how to work together yes. with the time difference with everything. Like I started my PhD, he got deployed. He's retired now from the Air Force. So it's easier Aww. now for us to shout out to him t- serving our country. Right? <laughs> I know, it gives me goosebumps. And we will get on here and do another podcast soon so we can reintroduce ourselves. But, you know, it just, I, I feel for you guys and I understand like how that distance, it does make it that much harder. And the things that we have found that's working for us is we we put in like once a week a mm-hmm. standing meeting that we are like we have to touch base we have to talk that doesn't mean we don't talk other mm-hmm. times during the week but there's that day because if we don't things start to slip and fall you know yes. like we both like you guys probably you each have your role and sometimes it's really easy to Get busy with life because think, look at all the other things you guys are doing. So yes. I think that's a huge recommendation for for others that may be in the same situation as your business or my business is to really mm-hmm. focus on like setting expectations. Setting. Yes. You know. Yes. You just took that word. Yes. Expectation. <laughs> like what is yes. the expectation? What are your yes. goals? Mm-hmm. And what are the long-term goals? And then meeting weekly or however you want to do it daily or whatever on the phone to make sure that you're moving in the same direction because there's two of you right yes exactly one could be going the other way and this happens a lot and and my business partner lee gets really frustrated sometimes because i'm like i'm jumping off a ledge and then he'll wake up in the morning and be like what did you just do (laughs) and be like oh oops i forgot to talk to you so you know, I've been learning that like communication, guys, communication, like, communication is key. And, and one struggle that we really did have being completely 100% transparent is me say, I am a control freak, I will take on every responsibility. And then I had to learn, you know what, it's okay to ask my little sister because she's in it just as much as I am. So like, I, I had to learn that and we had like a really big heart to heart and like, I was like, at first I was like, you're not helping me. You know, just like how you felt. I'm drowning right now. And then I realized, you know what, Tay, communicate. I didn't tell my sister how I was feeling. She assumed like, okay, Tay is this, you know, control freak. She likes to, you know, take on Mm -hmm. a lot more than what she probably should. And so my sister's assuming that and I'm not communicating with her like, hey, I need you to help with this, you know? So once we had that conversation, it's really been smooth sailing ever since because now, it's like we, we agreed, you know, like I said, like you said, communication is key with anything in business and in your actual personal life, you know, so. Yeah, it's a super important thing that I think that sometimes we take it for granted or we just are moving forward in business and not, I mean, Tay, you and I, like, we're very similar in that. And so I agree. You know, there were a lot of times some of my employees would be like, well, you give me a job and then I do it. And then you, you've already done it. Like you did it before I did it. Like what? And I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, that's not, that doesn't make any sense. Why am I doing that? Okay. So back to you guys. So I went on your website today and I was like, oh, I'm checking out 
everything is sold out. Everything right now on their website, guys, is sold out. So <laughs> I know you're <laughs> revamping and you're making like, t- yes. let's talk about like where you guys are going, like what's coming, what can we expect? Because I know my girlfriend, Mandy, she bought some stuff from you and I'm excited yes. to buy some stuff. So it's like, <laughs> what, okay, what can we expect? Amaya, you want to take it? Um, sure. So to be expected is our summer campaign that'll be coming within the next month or so. A whole new collection, five new signature candles. We have a new design for the boxes and our bags. Everything is brand new, redesigned, new labels. We have really cool scents. They're very fruity, very flowery, you know, for the summer. And then summer vibes. Yeah, we're working on another project coming soon, but our summer campaign will be expected within the next month or so. So I'm very excited. So, okay, I'm really excited now too. So I'm like, okay, I'm very curious about your guys' process of developing a new collection. How does that work? So we try to be different from all the other candle companies in general. We try to create a signature scent. So like our queen energy, like always tell customers, no one has that candle. Like we created that. So honestly, we we kind of go off of the scent to the name. So we try to match the two. So right. So yeah, the vibe with the title. Okay. So you guys are talking about how you have kind of like revamped everything. Mm -hmm. What initiated that? Was there some type of like, hey, like our brand needs more. Our brand doesn't feel right. Like, what spawned you guys to decide to make that different? We wanted to target all audiences because our brand, we love it. Don't get me wrong. We won't ever get rid of our logo. However, we want to target all audiences. Not everyone wants two girls, you know, with hair on their candle. So you're redoing that so that it's... I don't want to target or feel like we're just targeting one audience. You get what I mean? Like, I want to target everyone. We want the Escobar sisters to be worldwide. Like, we're never going to get rid of our story, our logo but we're taking advice from other people. I've talked to people, I have mentors, we have mentors, that's also something I would recommend is having a mentor too. Cause when you get the candle, you have to look at the bottom for the name. So it makes it easier if the name is on the actual candle. Yeah, that that makes complete sense. So I'm curious as you're talking about this and with what you have right now on your candles, did you ever witness when you were trying to sell them that it might have been a turnoff to some people yes i have experienced um, yes for sure <laughs> what did you notice like how is there like something that you can explain <laughs> to others because if they're needing to rebrand or like take something like mm-hmm. hey like let's think about this like who are you wanting to target and that's really important and you really I need agree. to hit that right and yes. so what was it that you noticed that you were like hey we need to make this change It was the facial expressions. I didn't experience it too much, but even just one or two facial expressions, it made me think, or just when I was talking to someone and they picked it up, they're like, okay, so you're the Escobar sisters. And I, you know, tell them my story and stuff like that. I got a few people turning their noses. And I believe if I just had, you know, our name on there and I can't reveal what our, you know, we're going to have the name as well as something positive on there as well. So it's it's a whole different turnover. Mm-hmm. I believe that it would target more people, even people that are on the fence of buying candles or, you know, they really like the smell and they they may not be candle people. This, mm-hmm. this will really make them want to buy our candles. 
it was really the yes. facial expressions. I didn't have anyone say anything because most people mm -hmm. aren't that bold. But for me, I can read people really, really well. So it was just the vibe, the vibe that I got from a few people. I believe that if we did not have that, it, it would have been able to target, you know, everyone. You know, yeah, it'd be so. interesting to test. And I don't know if you guys have thought about this or if you have extras left over testing, mm -hmm. like when you go and do your booth to have both and kind of see if you're right, you know, like, right. Test it. And be like, hey, like, look at who is buying this type and who's buying this one. And it's very, yes. it, it would be really interesting. I think I agree. I mean, yes. unfortunately, we are 100% sold out of the Escobar Sister Candles. We started with 500 in March, and we sold out. Are you guys making those yourself in-house, all of them? Yes, they yes. are handmade soy wax candles. However, oh we are now considering um, hiring help. We are considering that. Yeah, that's a lot of work. It is. <laughs> well, especially with me being here by myself. It is a lot of work. Yeah. So how do you guys decide how many, like as your summer collection is coming out, how do you decide how much inventory you're gonna make? So we don't make all 500 candles. So we'll start off by making 100 candles. Mm -hmm. We'll make a small amount because I never wanna over make a certain scent. Because what if I make, let's say 50 clean energy and I only sell 20? It did happen in the beginning where our OU Spicy, we ended up discontinuing it. It was not selling at all. Like all the other ones were selling, but the one scent that we had was not selling. So we ended up selling it, of course, but it was only 25 of them. But if we were to do more than that, then we would have been stuck with candles that no one wants to buy. So Really smart. Yeah. Yeah. We start off with a small amount. Like it's not that we're, you know, not believing that it'll get sold, but you have to be smart about it. And then learning, like doing the pop-up shops taught me that too. I know what sells. So like I'll make more of me because Queen Energy is one of our highest selling candles. So I would go on ahead and uh, make Queen Energy and then Trophy Wife was becoming another one. So I would go on ahead and make, let's say I made 25 Vacation Me, I would make 50 Queen Energy or 50 Trophy Wife. Trophy wife just sound like I already am like smelling it when you say that I'm like oh I I don't know that just sounds like white tea and champagne that one and honestly mm -hmm. we sold to a lot of men they were like the name trophy wife like they were like I don't even care this smell is amazing like the, I had this one guy at a pop up shop he bought four of our trophy wives like it was just it's so fun just to experience meeting all these people I mean. People will reach out to me on Instagram, on the business page, you know, and it's just really exciting. You will get, um, like today, someone DM'd us and something happened to their candle. So we always tell people, the instructions are on the box. If people choose not to read, it's not our fault. We always have to make sure we, I mean, it's still going to be our fault, like I said, um, because we always take full accountability. However, you know, you will have those situations where, a customer may not be as satisfied. A customer um, DM'd us, and that's another thing, you know, when starting a business, especially these entrepre millennial entrepreneurs, you have to learn how to, even if you know that the customer may be in the wrong, just as a business owner, you kind of have to take the accountability. So a mm -hmm. customer let me know that his candle exploded. However, he burned the candle all the way down to the metal plate. We, we say that you're not supposed to do that in our instructions, a quarter inch to the metal plate. Right. And so when I told them like, hey, if you read the box, you'll see like those are the instructions that we give because unfortunately 
these jars that we had, they are from overseas. Good thing, like our summer collection, um, they are going to be from the U.S. However, regardless, you don't want to burn it all the way down because it could be a potential, this is glass and it might break. So that's what happened with him. And so you have to learn how to deal with all kinds of people. He didn't want a refund or anything. Of course, I offered once our summer collection launched, I'll send him candles just for the inconvenience. But you're going to you know, deal with customers who may not read the instructions that you put in there. And then so if something does happen, it's going to fall on you because it is your business. So you have That's to be strong and just know, you know, like you have to really know how to handle constructive criticism from people. I think that's a really good advice because I think that's something that everyone struggles with different pieces in business, right? So customer service, as we're digging in deeper to this, like what does excellent customer service mean to you guys? Serving our customer 100%. Like I said, even when we know that, you know, in a situation, we kind of covered ourselves because that's what we have to do. And as a business owner, it's just saying, you know what? Hey, I'm sorry that happened. Let, what can I do to help the situation? Even if they're like, oh, no, it's fine. For me, I'm still going to send a candle. I'm, I'm going to send a candle or two. I'm not even going to just send one candle. I'm going to send two. Just to show them that we appreciate them supporting us. They're supporting our business. They're taking, yes. you know, they're trusting the Escobar sisters out of all the candle companies in the world. So it's catering to your customer, you know, even if it was a mistake, just, you know, admitting to it, you know what, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I hope, you know, that doesn't happen again, you know, and just handling it right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always make sure to make our customers feel like a sense of pleasure by knowing like they're valued. And we always offer them like our highest luxury product and customer service overall, just so, you know, we can have a great relationship. Like my goal is to, you know, have a customer come back with our company, not just a one-time purchase. I love that. And I think that that's how you build, how you guys are saying, like, we want to go global. Like that's how you build it. You stand out from the rest. Have you ever dealt with a customer Uh where you had to kind of maybe fire them or be like, this isn't a good fit or anything extreme like that, where they just literally were not fitting within your brand of what you were offering and what they were asking of you. Have you dealt with that yet? Um, We have. um, So let's say, for example, a pop-up shop. The price of our candles are $30. I've had a few people come up to me and be like, how much are your candles? Like, I want to buy one. And I'll be like, $30. They'll be like, $30? I'm not paying $30 for this candle. So for me, I just say, okay, well, thank you for smelling our candle. I know that you aren't the customer for us. We're not going to undersell ourselves. We have high quality products. And unfortunately, that those are the prices. You know, these are handmade soy wax luxury candles. And, you know, if it's not for you, then it's not for you. That's fine. We have a bunch of other customers that are willing to pay that and more. So good for you for recognizing that early on, actually. That took me a good probably four years to recognize my worth and my value. And so good job. Congratulations. Yeah, no. Thank you. We're definitely not doing that at all. I'm (laughs) sorry. We work so hard and like we really put our all into the business. And I just refuse to have one or two customers or 10 or 15 tell me, hey, your prices are too much. And And that's okay. It it may not be for you, but um, we have customers that are willing to pay it. So we appreciate everyone. I appreciate you just smelling the candle. Now have a good day. 
Now have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> have you have you guys thought about making like smaller versions to to reach out to people that maybe would spend fifteen dollars, or is that just not make sense in the how you've structured everything? Ooh. We thought about doing sample candles, like sample. really, really small ones that you can smell, but not smaller than what we're already selling, the 10 ounce, no. Yeah. If anything, we want to do bigger candles. Bigger because ones. It, yeah. I mean, people burn their candles all the time, you know, so yes. smaller wouldn't really work for us in yeah, our audience, I, I guess you can say. I think like, okay, so if we could talk about like production for a minute, like mm -hmm. I always think, okay, so say you're making, so you said 100 candles, you're, you're setting out 100 and you're going to make them. Now imagine if we were making a hundred candles that were like four ounces, mm -hmm. you still have to go through the same entire process. It almost is going to take you more time to make smaller, right? Does this make sense? Yes. Yeah, because we do it in batches of 25. So per cent. So like right. it would make it harder. Yeah, I like yeah. where you guys are like, you know what? No, like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and this is the level that we're at. And this is the price that we're asking. And we're going to go bigger. <laughs> exactly. Then, yes. I mean, it's really smart because you can't get back the time that you put into your business. I agree. And as much as you put in and you can be strategic about it, the outcomes that you're hoping for will be greater if you're exactly. smarter about right like time and, exactly. money, time and money so really really cool that you guys are have recognized that right away and i just love where you guys are at it's incredible especially going through covid there's multiple people that i know that started businesses during covid but a lot of them were like specific to niches that were needed or kind of opened up through covid and this is something that is more of like a luxury you guys like talk about the luxury line did you find through 2020 2021 that, that there was a stability in the sales or that it was i know you don't have anything to like measure it against because you started it in covid mm -hmm. but like was it bigger than you expected going into it way bigger than we expected i didn't expect to sell 500 candles because we launched in march this year and then we sold out as of the beginning of May. So March, April. Yeah, so it took us two months to sell 500 candles, which for us being a starter business, still I would consider us, um, I think that's pretty good. I think it's um, so incredible. I, yeah, I think I think it turned out to be really good. And just, you know, doing these pop up shops, I have returning customers. I mean, like, it is great. Like they'll just come and buy a bunch of candles and they already have candles. Like they just love our products. And it's just cool to be able to build that rapport, especially being new. I've only been living in Arizona for two years, the amount of connection. So even when I had that year off, I was still talking about our business to everybody. One thing I would say is never be afraid. Tell everyone that you come across what you do. I'm never gonna be in secret about my business. I love that. Someone else has said that. Never. Yeah. You never know who wants what you have, right?